Hi, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Sneddon, and together we make up the Booked Podcast. And you are listening to Books, Beer, and Bullshit. Hello? Yes, do you guys, do you have balloons? Yeah. You, you don't have balloons? Oh, what? You guys don't make balloons? Yeah. So can I order balloons from you? No, you have to come in. Do you have any lobsters? Hold on one second. Hello. Yes, can I help you? Yes, I'm, I'm looking for balloons. Okay, what kind? I like the balloons, the blue, big, brown balloons. Sure. I like to blow them up and then let the air out. Oh, come on in, you can do that. How many could I touch and lick? As many as you want. You can touch and lick them all. I like those balloons. Those balloons are nice, too. Whatever you want to do, man. I like that shit. We drink that shit. Oh, whatever you want to do, bro. I like to eat lobster too. Okay, you can eat lobster. I used to eat. The, I used to order lobsters and shit. Yeah. And I wouldn't eat that shit. I lick that shit. You lick it, huh? And then I slapped it, that shit right off my table. That shit was good. Yeah. I slapped All right, it, man, that I'll shit. See you later. Right. You're listening to Books, Beer, and Bullshit. It's the only podcast that doesn't eat that shit. It licks that shit. I am your jerky host, uh, Mr. Frank. And I'm your lobster-licking host, Mr. Jeff. Mr. Jeff, it's episode Dirty 35. Yeah, 35. (laughs) (laughs) Do you eat that shit or do you lick that shit? I don't eat that shit. I lick that shit. Like the balloon, like a balloon, like a balloon, like a balloon, a balloon, the balloons, the balloons, nah. Okay. Hey, uh, once again, yes. it's uh, the balloons, not. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing too good on uh, trying to keep this very topical, unedited. Yeah, it's bad already. I'm sorry about my balloon, not. <laughs> Okay. It's okay. We're going to get through this. Do you like balloon <laughs> Hey, I was yeah. just thinking of something. Okay. What were you thinking? With Radio Shack going out of business. Oh, yeah? Right? Uh-huh. Well, we use a piece of their equipment. We do? Yes, we do. What do we use? These little foamy things on the microphone from Radio Shack. Oh, microphone condoms. Yeah, so we have a piece of uh, nostalgia, if you will. History. Story, I, I hate Radio Shack. You hate Radio Shack? I hate Radio Shack. Why do you hate Radio Shack? It all started... I needed a, a plug for like a little kid's radio. And right. we're talking probably close to 20 years ago now. Okay. All I needed was a, a, a an AC plug for, you know, instead of running the thing off of batteries that, you know, little kid's radio will go through in a day. Right. I want to go to Radio Shack and get a plug for it. This fucking fucktard... Would not let me near the little battery ra- or the little plug rack. I know what I wanted. I want a universal right. flip every dial. I can run anything I wanted to possibly off of this plug. He would not let me near it. He insisted that didn't exist when I knew it did, and I purchased those things before. Right. And the guy was just trying to be a, I don't know, a Mr. Know-it-all. Sure. He just, uh, uh, no, and you got to tell me uh, how many volts it is, how many hertz, how many amps. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I walked out of the store. Never walked in a Radio Shack ever again in my life. I don't blame you. It, it was like, this is not like, 
It's a retail store. Let me let me at the merch. Yeah, exactly. I I'm trying to think of what else I have purchased from Radio Shack over the course of you know my entire life. Yeah, I did buy a CB radio for my for my car. Yeah, okay. Back, that was a Radio you know, Shack purchase. That or? was a radio. That was back you know before like the intranets. Yes. and all that. Yeah, you had to entertain yourself that way. Yeah, it was 1989 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Everybody had a CB in their car. Well, mostly everybody. Yeah. Yeah, you could get you ride around and make fun of uh, guys with creepy kid touching eighties mustaches who sit in their home trying to pick up babes on this on the CB radio because yeah, it was the internet before the internet. <laughs> it truly was. It we was CB trolls. We were CB trolling back then. Hey, motherfucker! <laughs> it's the bad Peter Peter. It's the bad Peter Peter. But yeah, that, I think that was the last, maybe the last thing I bought. What about uh, Radio Shock? Your uh, uh, car uh, PA system, your truck PA. Oh, I, I bought all that at the same time from the oh, show. it was all together? Yeah, I, I kind of didn't even think about it because I just considered it all one purchase anyway. I do remember pre pre my uh, boycotting of, of Radio Shack, we bought a piece of our old high school band equipment there. Yeah, what did you? It was a, a four-channel microphone mixer for the Throbbing Members All-Star Summer Jam. I remember that thing. It was, yes. It can, had the cassette tape. Deck. Yes, it did. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that was a piece of. Uh, Don't you wish we still had that? Yeah, we could mix right to tape. I know, and then tape, record the tape yes. into digital. Yep, and you get all that warm pop fuzzy weirdness yeah. that you get only from cassette tapes. Yes, that would be awesome. Yes, <laughs> I think that would be good. That would be good. The chromium metal tape. <laughs> yes, the chromium. Did it you only, used to uh, play metal tapes? <laughs> were, were you a, a cassette sniffer? No, no. You got you got me now. Do you don't even know what cassette sniffing? You like you bought a new one, and especially when you got when remember when they went clear or they were slightly like tinted. Yeah, but the, you could see through them. Right, those had the best smell ever. The best new new cassette smell, especially the ones from Electra. You just open them up, and they just had this very distinctive new cassette smell. I missed out on that. Yeah, oh, you should have whiffed your cassette. Because that'll never... You'll never be able to get that never back. Never be able no. to get it. You should have, like, bottled it up and made Even a if cologne you, out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely a smell. If I smelled it right now, I could tell you what it was. Really? You know? Yeah, probably. If it's you're... extremely distinctive. Dude, you could have been, like, the new right guard scent. I could have been. 80s tape deck. 80s cassette. CO2M, chromium tape. <laughs> you could add that guy. Power! <laughs> Metal power! <laughs> oh, yeah. So, we're going to go back into our interview heavy interviewing Are we? session awesome. tonight. Awesome. And Heard the mayor's going to be on again? We're bringing back the It's actually been a while since the mayor's been on the podcast. He's allowed back on the podcast? Yeah. Well, I know we banned him for a while. Did we ban him? I think we were just yeah. sick of fucking hearing him. Well, that's what I meant. He was so, yeah. Just like, you, so. you always want to be on the podcast, Armand. Yeah. Dude, don't be such a troll, man. Yeah. So I think he's had over a year off. Uh, so I figured we'll, we'll let him make a, a, a State of the Union address on the on the podcast. Sounds good. Yeah. So we're going to have the mayor back in. He's got his own podcast these days, too, doesn't he? He does have his he's, own podcast. He's joined the ranks of podcastees. That's right. And given, given our uh, release schedule, yeah. by the time you hear this... Yeah. You and I may have already been published on his on his Armcast podcast. Yes, he does the Armcast Dead Sexy Horror podcast 
We'll talk to him about that and a great many other things because, you know, the guy is a whore. He's got a, he is a, a, a billion things to talk about in a year's worth Your of time. Your friends are such a bunch of whores. They're whores. They're all whores. Get your whore out of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I guess with all that rambling on. Hey, what, what? We could allow to have a little bit of pre pre uh, yeah. oh you got more interview uh, bullshitting section here yeah is there more <sighs> it's cold it's just cold it is okay so it's time to welcome back to the podcast the mayor of books beer and bullshit still nobody has appeared more times than him the one the only Mister Armand Rosamilia yay how are you mayor. It's- it's 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 been way too long, uh, boys, since uh, since I've been on. Yes, that was by design. Well, yeah, <laughs> I figured that. We don't we don't want anybody to get sick of you, you know. I, I've been monitoring. I've been making sure nobody comes close no. to uh, to being on more than me. So that's right. that's right. No, nobody nobody could be more than you, Armand. No. <laughs> now now you guys are just kissing ass. I like that. <laughs> it's a lot of ass to kiss. <laughs> congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. May that well, thank you, thank you that, very much. May that go off without her running away. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. Okay, that's a good call. She so. she did tell me, she did say, yeah, she's she's in Atlanta uh, for work. So she said, "What are you doing tonight?" And I said, um, "Books, beer, and bullshit." I'm doing a, uh, you know, I'm the mayor, so I'm doing another interview. And she said, uh, "Don't act like a perv with Frank." Is what she said. So. Yeah. And then don't let her listen to this when we're done with you. <laughs> well, thankfully, she's never listened to any of them, so I'm, I'm glad for that. Yeah, that's also by design, right? <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. So, while we're talking about that, how's Eddie Money doing? <laughs> There's been uh, no Eddie Mer- uh, Mer- Money sightings down here as far as I know, although I don't think anyone's probably seen him in months. That's true. He hasn't been on any Geico commercials lately. Yeah. <laughs> So it's been a, uh, we figure it's uh, about a year since you've been back on the show. Wow, that long. That long. Uh, we last spoke to you about authors supporting our troops when you first launched it. Oh, that's right, yeah. That was a, that, that was a while back. It was a while that was back, back in, uh, yeah, that was last January. You're doing it again, huh? Doing it again, uh, bigger and better. We've gotten, um, let me see what the, uh, about 1,300 books in so far. Although I do have some boxes sitting on the table I still have to go through. I've been trying to go through them and take the pictures and catalog them and put them in boxes and, and do all that stuff after I get all of my shit done. Because it was taking up – sometimes I didn't – you know, mail doesn't come until 5 o'clock, and then I was doing this until 8 or 9 o'clock at night. So you're looking to – how many did you uh, wind up collecting for last year? We ended up with uh, – over the course of the year, because we really never stopped, uh, I ended up with 3,000 books. And the goal this year is thirty five hundred, which should not be a problem. Awesome! Yeah, you're about almost halfway there now. Yeah, good job. And uh, well, thank you. If anybody does want to get in on the action, it's author supporting our troops. You can look that up on Facebook and join the group. And if you want to donate signed books that you've written, looking for brand new signed books, send an email, a message, something to Armand, and he will give you all the pertinence on how to get the books to him. And you could also donate cashish, right? Yeah. You take cashish to help with the postage, sending that shit over? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, sure. Actually, buy it. Actually, actually buy it. Buy a T-shirt. 
buy a t-shirt yeah. t-shirts yeah. for sale well, yeah. we'll have that to. way you get that way you get something cool out of it and then you can wear a t-shirt that's pretty cool yeah the, the only thing that we're we're stuck on is um because we're getting so many books is uh soldiers in remote areas like afghanistan and kuwait and stuff like that that we can send the books to that's the only thing that's been uh slowing me down so far oh the actual delivering them to the troops themselves yeah because i'm not going through the uso i'm not going through a military organization i'm not doing all that you know i'm just a guy doing it i'm not a non-profit or anything like that i want it to be personal so i want somebody who knows somebody friend family whatever that's a soldier that's how i'm getting i've been getting the addresses yeah what normally what happens is someone says hey my brother's in kuwait and I've been sending him care packages, and would you be interested in sending him, you know, two boxes of books, 100 books? And, uh, yeah, or the, I'll, I'll put the call and say I need soldiers, and somebody will contact me and say, you know, hey, uh, the guy down the street, his wife is in or something. So it's, it's pretty cool because then I get the emails back and I get the pictures from the soldiers. A lot of the times I get pictures myself, but they ask me not to share them because they're security still issues. active guys that are, you know, out there killing people. Right. Outside of collecting books from everybody else, uh, in a year, uh, have you been up to, uh, getting your own books out there? Yeah, I've gotten a few. I just had, um, another necromance, my horror erotica short stories from hazardous press. Uh, another one just came out and actually I think a new one should be out fairly soon. Number six, I think. And that'll be, uh, 10 stories altogether. It's, but it's pretty much whenever they put it out. And then in, um, end of March, I'll have Hollywood Hellmouth, which is like a horror comedy book that I co-wrote with, uh, Jack Wallen, Jay Wilburn and Brent Abel. And we'll debut that at mid South convention in Memphis. So you've been a busy man. Yeah, always busy, always uh, always uh, putting something out, always writing. Like this last week, I think I completed like four short stories. Obviously, you have an extensive catalog, and we've gone through. Your output is impressive, as, as most you. authors go. Um, do you find uh, the more you put out, the, the more sales, the, your, your uh, not sales volume, well, your sales volume, your, your profits, do they, they increase, or do you have to keep pumping this stuff out? just to maintain your, your uh, sales levels? No, it, it definitely goes up um, because you never know where a reader is going to come in. You know, it would be nice to say that they look you up and they go, okay, what's the first thing he published? And I'll read that and then, you know, keep going. But I'll get people who, um, like I had somebody who, uh, who read Dying Days and then read through all the, the rest of them, which is cool. But then I had somebody else who said, oh, somebody told me that they read Dying Days and Dying Days Four was the best one, so I bought Dying Days Four, which was weird. Or they hate they hate zombie stuff. They like people love my Flagger Beach Fiction series because it's just contemporary fiction, it's beach stories kind of thing, totally different from all my horror stuff, and they love that stuff. And then they slowly start reading some of my short stories, and then they get into when they realize it's you know most of it isn't that bad. Are you still continuing your Dying Days uh, saga? Yeah, I'm actually um, about halfway through the first draft of Dying Days 5 right now. And I also started the sequel to uh, Highway to Hell called uh, Hell's Bells, Highway to Hell 2. And that was the ver I was actually the very first one. That's, you know, that's going back like five years, and I'm finally 
doing the sequel to it. Yeah, that one was uh, also probably a little more extreme than your standard Dying Day series. Yeah, and I, and I struggled with, do I have to make the second one as extreme? Do I have to go, you know, forget nutty in it? And I, I said, no, I'm going it, to, it's still going to have a little bit, maybe a little bit more than the other, some of the other Dying Days I've gotten away from, but um, it's not going to be as in-your-face, you know, because people who read it, people who read the opening line to it about somebody getting dead-fisted anally, and then they read the rest of the book, and they were like, oh, man, it was a letdown. There wasn't any really crazy sex and violence like in the rest of it, like in that opening line. And then other people read it, and they were like, wow, that was, like, really brutal and violent, and I didn't like it. Well, it all depends on what your tastes are, I guess. Yeah. Because, I mean, we read, uh, well, General Grinder as a, <laughs> as a, per, as a, wow, well, excuse me, as a example. And uh, then we read Escape from Shit Town, which was supposed to be just as brutal, and it was clearly a letdown on that form. Right. So. And, but I'm sure uh, other readers who will read those will go, holy crap, this is horrible. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah, this yeah. is so crazy extreme. You're never gonna, you're never gonna please uh, everybody, you know. And that was the thing with, uh, and me and Frank talked about this when we wrote um, Hollywood Hellmouth. I had never really read any Bizarro, and none of the other guys had. So when we started writing it, we were like, "Oh, this is great! This is Bizarro! This is over the top! This is the craziest stuff we've ever written!" Blah blah blah. And then Frank read it, and he went, nah. <laughs> this is not yeah. bizarro. Don't tell no, yeah. people it's bizarro. Yeah, please, please don't call it that. And, and uh, which is, get, You'll get strung up by the actual <laughs> bizarro people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, I actually, um, then I did, of course, then I went back and I read, I forget what the story was. I, I read a uh, uh, Carlton Mellick III. I read one of his short stories that Brian Keene had put out on his website uh, about three years ago. And I went, holy shit, we weren't even close to this. That bizarro shit, man. You either got to be, you either like it or you don't. It, it, some of it's tough to take. Some of it's actually pretty good. It's like everything else, in my opinion. But, yeah. But yeah. I think I think what's happening now with bizarro is it is catching more and more attention. Sure. And you do have people thinking that they're going to go off half-cocked right in bizarro, and they don't fully grasp it. So right. they just wind which up, is, which is the four of us when we wrote our right, yeah. And, and like, we didn't, we didn't sit down and say, "Hey, let's write a bizarro book." We just said, "Let's write a horror book with our with a sense of humor to it, and let's see how you know stupid and vulgar we could get in it." And, and that was, I think, for us, that was the um, a lot of people now, I'm sure, write this just over the top, and then they go, "Okay, this is bizarro," and they. You know, you're, you see a lot more crap out there. And then someone like you guys who have read this stuff are like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, It's easy to find the posers. I, I, I know whether it's bizarre or not when I dislike it at first and then Frank explains it all to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is kind of cool now that I think about it. <laughs> it <it's laughs> he, he always fucking talks me into liking it. I'm, like, I'm reading it. I'm like, I can't wait for this shit to be done. Just be done with it so we can review it and blah, blah, blah. And then we start talking about it. And he's like, oh, no, well, that was kind of funny when you think about it. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it does take a certain type of person to like that because it's, it's so yeah. off the wall. Yeah, it, and not it's not even really 
whether you're offended or not by it. Some no. of it's, it's just... No, and I mean, it's not, you know, the, the, I guess the, a lot of people's reactions, it, it is extreme and, uh, they, you know, they just want to be over the top about thing. And yeah. being over the top is not necessarily bizarro. Yeah, even yeah. even there's like science fiction type bizarro where it's not based on horror. It's just based on right fucking craziness. Yeah. yeah. When, when I went to uh, World Horror Convention... And I met Brian Keene, and he was like, oh, are you coming to the gross-out contest tonight? Which I wasn't going to go. And I was like, sure, okay, you invited me. Yeah, I'll go. He was one of the judges. And uh, and I, I brought Shelly with me, and we were with uh, the two foes and a couple other people. And we had no idea. I had never been to one. And the first chick gets up there, and she starts talking about eating abortions and all this other. And I just – and Shelly went, nope, I'm out of here. And and Mark was looked at me, and he said – what the fuck did you bring me to? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so was... we listened to like three or four stories until there was a break. And then we were like, let's get out. And, you know, of course, uh, what's his name? Jeff Burke um, was, uh, was, was uh, hosting it. And uh, we just, we ran out of there as quick as we could. I'm like, yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that, uh, even that gross out contest, that's more like in line with, with deadite and deadite is not necessarily, bizarro it's it's more like extreme yeah dark horror yeah dark and, horror or I some mean, shit yeah that's like, yeah, see, I, I haven't read enough of any of it to to understand what the difference is i mean I've, I've read like uh rath james white yeah but his leisure books that they've they've really edited the shit out of yeah and toned it down so much and made it into a different story yeah this is uh like edward lee is there's, there's a guy rath james white that like i i want to like like the the stories have like a lot of potential in like my mind when I'm like going to read them, and then I start reading it and I'm like, oh, this just isn't quite doing it. I yeah, don't know so, why. Sometimes I think with the uh, the extreme horrors, it's just you, you just need to be able to appreciate pure slasher type right. stories. Like yeah. it's it's there's not much plot going on. It's just all about being graphic and brutal and you know developing an intricate plot and all that stuff kind of just I, I think it's it, it's it's a difference between more of the mainstream like here's a perfect example you you uh the difference between midget gangbang porn and and a snuff film yeah i don't kind of. i don't know what the difference is <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're probably watching something right in between there is the problem yeah. Yeah, the the uh, it's like it's like uh, eight millimeter. Yeah, boogie nights and eight millimeter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put put those two together, that would be a good movie. You got the touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess you had a, a a learning experience anyway as to uh, writing that. Yeah, the learning that. experience was never take her to another one of those again. Well, I was talking about Hollywood Hellmouth that you got coming out. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, it was we wrote it literally in uh, in a month. We wrote the whole thing in about thirty days, first draft, which is funny because one guy's oh, I I came up with the idea. No, I did, and I don't even remember who came up with it, but somebody came up with the idea, and we just said, Jack, write the first chapter, and then don't let's not even talk about it. Just write the first chapter and leave a couple of little Easter eggs in there that the next person can pick up on. And, and it just took off and it was great because we all wrote it. Basically everybody had like two or three days to write your chapter more or less, which was neat. 
Do you find uh, writing with other guys becomes like a dick contest? Well, I mean, Frank's seen my dick, and I have like a fucking like a really really small one, so I'm gonna say no. That was oh. a dick. <laughs> He's uh, Lindsay Lohan's father. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, does it become a pissing match of? Oh, edit my shit out, will you? And no, I don't think so. You know, it was for that one. It was four guys who who have um, we have the same sense of humor and everything. Although, I mean, I gave it up to my editor, and and when I handed it to her, and again, it was um, in, in Frank's Reddit. Her comment was the same, pretty much as these are four different voices. You know, so she knew which she knew exactly which ones were mine. So she knew right away when she was reading that when she was doing editing the chapters that were mine, she knew all the mistakes I was going to make because I make them in every story no matter what. And uh, it just took her a lot longer than normal because it was so different. It was still obvious. Yeah. yeah Very was... rarely do I read anything that's, um, you know, that, that's something where you read and you go, OK, I couldn't tell who wrote who wrote what in this. Yeah. Like I, when I read like uh, was it John Skip and uh, Craig Spector. They write a lot of stuff together, and you can't tell who wrote what. Or Dracula's by um, Conrath and Jeff Strand and um, whoever else wrote in there. Yeah. It, it's it, they edited it and they they rewrote over each other and they really you know streamlined the story and stuff. And we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to. I don't want to write a book for the next six months. I got other shit to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of their attitude. Let's just make this fun. The, the, uh, you're not going to win any literary awards with with this garbage anyway. So let's just have fun and and write a good story without beating it up so much that it loses some of the fun. It's been over a year since you've been on. What's uh, the best book you've re- read in the past uh, year and a month? There's a uh, you put me on the uh, John Taff what? is a uh, author and and last year at uh, World Horror in Portland. He was in. He was just walking around the dealer's room, and I was hanging around with uh, uh, John O'Brien and Sean Chester and Mark Tufo. And this big dude just came up and he says, "You know, he introduced himself, and he's like, Armand, I, I, I this is my new book coming out, and um, uh, it's like novellas, and uh, I just want you to have a, a copy of it. And he had already signed it to me. I mean, he gave me this book, and I was like, all right, thanks. You know, people give you books, and I was like, all right, thanks. And I talked a couple minutes, and he ran off. And then when I got on the plane to fly home, it happened to be just be in my bag. So I opened and I started reading it. And I ended up reading about half the book uh, just on the plane ride coming home. And it just was really good. That was probably one of them that comes to mind. And then the last one by Kevin Lucia, Lucia, whatever the hell you say his last name. His, uh, his last one was really good, too. I don't, read a lot, I don't read a lot of horror books, though. I don't read a lot of fiction anymore. In the last year, I probably only read five or six fiction books. I've read a shitload of uh, nonfiction books. So you're not uh, you're more of a scholar when it comes to reading. Yes, I've, I've uh, people call me scholar all the time. Yes, that's not only not <laughs> only a mayor but a scholar too. <laughs> not only a mayor and a, a gentleman and a scholar. So you you said uh, that this what was the guy's name that gave you that book at World War? John Taff. John Taff. He he came up to you. He was almost like a uh, he approached you like a fan. Yeah, I mean he had, he had read uh, some of my stuff and he he liked my stuff and obviously uh, he saw that I was there. He knew who I was and which was neat. It, was it like he was in a garage band and you were like Bruce Dickinson? And he was trying to sneak you his uh, demo tape. 
<laughs> yes, I was. I was like, I was like Bruce Dickinson without the cancer. Yeah, <laughs> well, that you know of. <laughs> right. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. Check your balls for lumps. <laughs> Lumpy. So, do you, Do you get that? Do you get that more and more? Like, uh, you're probably not calling it fanboying yet, but like approaching you like a, as a mentor type of thing. Yeah, I get that. I get that sometimes, which to me is weird. I mean, I I do that. I, I've done that to like when I met Joe McKinney the first time. I was like, holy crap, you know, like I just totally fanboyed over him, and he was just like, here, have a have some vodka with me, just hang out, and and uh, you know, on level, let's just bullshit, which was really cool. So, I, I try not to be a a uh, I try not to be a douchebag. I got I got to relate a, a quick R monster. I had the opportunity this past october to actually meet armand in person when i was down in florida and yes. uh, we uh met up actually it was cool uh there was a horror convention going on while i was down there the spooky spooky horror convention and armand happened to be going to that and we met up there it was a big uh like half the cast of the walking dead was there and that's you know there was a brunt of everything but they had authors and stuff there and um they they sort of stuck the authors down as one obscure hallway <laughs> down the corner you know nothing's going on so i wound up standing there just talking to armon while he was supposed to be doing book signings that nobody was nobody gave a shit about right? yeah so it was <laughs> it was a kind of a cool scene because first of all there's about i don't know four or five people there and there's all these authors who have like maybe one book sitting you know pile of like three books in front of them and that's all they have and here's armon like six thousand fucking things in front of them <laughs> So uh, we wound up talking, to, sitting there talking to Armand, and all of a sudden this one just big, creepy-looking comic book store-looking dude comes walking <laughs> up to the guy, and I, like, step back. You know, I don't want to, oh, here's a customer. Step back. Yeah. Don't get in the way. And the guy throws his, his uh, convention program out, like, open in the middle somewhere. And yeah. it's all black pages with right lettering. Yeah. And like Armand looks at him, he's like, What do you want me to do? He's like, You want me to sign <laughs> Yeah, I was confused. Oh, you sign this? He's like, Yeah. He's like, Oh, well, where? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't know, you sign it here. I don't know, you point out your name or something, I don't know. Yeah, he, he went and found my my little bio on the on the uh, in the program and had me sign it for him. <laughs> wow. And then it was like well, he yeah, was a ballpoint pen, and all the pages are black and shit. They're like, well, I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> you need one of those silver sharpies. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. And it was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was a little. Uh, that that was, was a little. Do you get that a lot? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, uh, I got toilet I, uh, the paper weirdest, out of the bathroom. The weirdest I ever had is I was standing in in uh, Palm Coast and Flagler Beach, where I used to write all the time, and uh, I'm in line at Dunkin' Donuts inside. And these two dudes keep like you know construction worker guys. They keep looking back at me, and I'm like, do I got something? I'm, you know, snot out of my nose or something? Like I couldn't figure out why they're staring. And then one of them goes, "Hey, you're that zombie guy, aren't you?" And I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, you're that zombie guy, right?" And I said, oh, "Yeah, I guess so." And they're like, "Oh, cool." And then they're like, "Do you have any books?" And I'm like, "No, I just came here for a for a, a you know a, a, a coffee. <laughs> you know, I don't carry them around with me." <laughs> and they like wanted me to sign. They were trying to figure out to ha- have me sign something, which is really odd. I'm like, I'll sign a Dunkin' Donuts napkin if you want. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I guess some people just I don't know. So, you know that that was like my first uh, convention I ever went to, like of that sort. Really? And it was like I didn't really do much. I you know bought a couple things in a vendor room and and go meet the Walking Dead and on shit like that. And 
I went up spending more time in Orlando Ale House than I did actually at the convention. But yeah, it was it was a cool scene. So like I would totally do that again. Yeah, it's a little it's it's very different from going to the um, like next month I'll be at, at Mid South Convention, and there's no Walking Dead. There's none of that. It's it's, it's a writers' convention, which is cool. So and it's like the tons of the cosplay, you know, chicks running around and uh, and shit like that. So it's um. It's cool. Hey, tell us about uh, Armcast. Armcast, Dead Sexy Horror Podcast. You guys were were one of the uh, were actually one of the reasons that I did it because your so, show is so shitty. No, I'm just kidding. Because um, you guys had whenever I came on, and I think you might have been you might have been the first podcast I was on originally. I didn't even know that there was the podcast and stuff. And once I started listening to other podcasts. I just thought, hey, this is pretty cool, and it's another it's another avenue for me to uh, get my name out there and to talk to other authors and pick their brain. And I had done a I had done another podcast, and the woman who ran it basically you could tell she had like a set of ten questions, and she would say, okay, tell me about your new book, and I would go, okay, this is my new book, and she go, okay, and then she would just read another question, and all she did was just read questions off a piece of paper. And then cut me off a couple of times in the middle of my answer because she wasn't even really listening. So I just said, you know what? I don't want to do that Q&A back and forth bullshit. I want to do like we're doing now, just have a conversation. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the idea behind it to do it. So I'm, I have um, – I think this week will be my uh, 36th episode. I do I, a new one every Friday, and I interview one or two not just horror authors, but I've had – filmmakers and um actors actresses on um guys who do like horror websites um i'll have podcasters i'll have um you know, just people who are interesting to me yeah because i've i've listened to a couple of episodes myself and i guess because you have something in common with most of the people are either related to horror or writing or whatever so it seems a little more give and take and a little more flow, but you know, you're both on the same page. So it's kind of easier. Right. That's why it's well, a lot of, a lot of the people I know, you know, I've, I've talked to, you know, maybe not in person, but I've, I've uh, gone back and forth with them on Facebook or whatever. And then there's some people that I have no idea. I also try not to do any homework on them. I don't go, let me go look and see what their last book is, or let me read something. And I don't do any of that. I just, I basically just say, tell me about the new book or, you know, tell me about whatever. And, and we, we just kind of talk. And the fun part is sometimes you have conversations and uh, I forget which author it was, but we ended up doing like a 20 minute conversation. In the beginning was basically about uh, the different metal bands that we both grew up on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was finally like, Hey, why don't you talk about, you might as well talk about your book, you know? So, uh, what, uh, we have to wrap up here. So what, what, what do we have to look forward to you in the future? Uh, a lot. I have um, I'll have Dying Days five out this year. I'll have Highway to Hell two out this year. I'll have um, a bunch of short stories. I think I have five short stories that are coming out in anthologies. That one of them has been sitting at Chaosium for over two years now, and they're saying they're, it's coming out this summer. I'll have the last, the seventh and last book in the Flagger Beach Fiction series will be out. Tons and tons of crap. My uh, my goal is. Uh, 10 to 14,000 words uh, a week that I write and 
500,000 words for the year. And, um, you know, that's it. It's going to start showing then is what you're saying. And somebody uh, sent me a, a question the other day and said, um, Hey, you really haven't had too much stuff out. You know, I, I was in a, a box set and in a couple of anthologies, but not much of my own stuff has come out since the beginning of the year in the last, you know, six weeks or so. But I said, wait, it's all just going to start. Wait until, um, wait until after, you know, uh, the conventions and after I get married and the honeymoon and all that stuff. Cause all this stuff is lined up for this summer will be, uh, the summer will be pretty big for me. And then of course I'll do in June again, I'll do the summer of, blo- of zombie blog tour. And that should have um, probably about thirty zombie authors on it again this year. Oh, you're killing me! That's a that's a lot of interviews to edit. I'm gonna have to come up with a new format for the the books being <laughs> yeah, blog. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll we'll figure that out beforehand because I I, uh, I do enjoy uh, the help on it, but it does get uh, it does get really crazy. We'll come up with something good. Yeah, you always you guys always have to be involved in it. I like that. We're the mayor of the summer zombie <laughs> blog tour <laughs> exactly all right Armand. we could talk all night of course uh but, of course but we, i just don't have that much memory on my computer so we're <laughs> going to have to bid you adieu until uh you're away long enough again that nobody will be sick of you <laughs> yeah, you know that that sounds good Fair enough. Thank, thank thanks you. for having me, guys. Hey, thanks. thank you, Armand. Yeah, thanks best, as always. best of luck to you in, in your uh, nuptials there. Thank you very much. Yeah, I hope third time's a charm. <laughs> I hope so. Adios. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. So that was the Mayor's Triumphant Return to the podcast. Can't believe it's been 13 months since he's been on. Yeah, it's been a long time, and, you know, even if you give him a week, he still has tons to talk about, so... Yeah, he's going on and on and on, the little media whore that he is. Yeah, we try to pack as much in as we could. So, well, till next year, Armand. Till next year. On to beers. Well, you know what that means. It's time to scream. It's time to scream. In Icelandic. 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 Except mal kulnum. Except mal vikinum. Except mal kukunum. Exef mal vikingum. Exef mal kakulin. Exef mal vikingum. And why are we screaming in Icelandic today, sir? Because we enjoy Vikings who throw shit at turkeys. Yes, we en- totally enjoy that sort of thing around here at Book Spear and Bullshit. That's right. But we have clown shoes, pecan pie porter, American porter. It's a malt beverage brewed with natural flavors and spices. Malt beverage is, is, uh, it says bells off my head. Yes, like a Zima. Yes. Is a malt beverage. Yes, and so is a Colt 45. Yes, the malt liquor. So this is like a fancy 40? I guess so, dude. But on the label, there's like a Viking guy fighting with a bunch of wild turkeys. <laughs> it, it's an entertaining, we had to really analyze the picture on this label. And we may be totally wrong. He may not be Icelandic, but no. he looks Viking-ish. He's throwing a pecan pie at a flock of turkeys that have maces and nunchucks and stuff. It is a cool picture, if nothing else. I have no idea how that relates to a pecan pie border, <laughs> but hey, what the hell. <laughs> so what, you want the specifics on this thing? Yes, I would love the specifics. Oh, we were totally wrong. Uh-oh. It's Genghis Kong. 
Genghis Kong. Genghis. 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 Genghis Kong. Yes. It's like the king of Kong. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are they uh, masculine pheasants? Is it the turkeys? Is there an explanation? Oh, wait up, wait up. Genghis Pecan relied on mighty powers to repel an uprising of violent turkeys looting bourbon barrels filled with our pecan pie porter. His vigilance allowed us to create a beer that is 25% bourbon barrel aged. We brewed the base beer with roasted pecans and blended it <laughs> with the barreled portion to create a decadent tribute to autumn. Wow, this has been laying around a long time. <laughs> Can't believe nobody sucked up the, <laughs> the, the great turkey attack on the barrels. <laughs> Like Genghis Pecan. <laughs> this is the greatest beer ever. <laughs> I'll give this much random marketing skills are right up. There. I've never been so entertained by a beer label in my entire life. And oh, then you get the backstory. It's better than anything you could possibly come up with. <laughs> oh, man. It's it's even better, man. <laughs> so uh, it comes in your standard one pint six ounce bottle, uh huh, and it's eight percent alcohol. Okay, and uh, retail like around nine bucks. Okay, so it's pretty standard for those. Yeah, size for these uh, these types and of it, things. And really, nine bucks for a, a turkey attack story is <laughs> dude. That's gonna look great up on the oh on the collection. Oh yeah, that's gonna look really good up there. Right, it will. Genghis, I can't wait. Genghis Pecan. <laughs> <laughs> well, Genghis needs to get clubbed with something. Do you got something to club him? Drop <laughs> Forge! You know I do. We got the bottle wrench out. Uh-huh. Fuck their maces and spears. That's right. We got the Drop Forge stainless steel beauty, the bottle wrench. That's right. You know, you know where to go, and you know what to do. But just in case you forgot... BottleWrench.com, enter the promo code BBBSSHOW, save 15% off of your entire order. I wonder if that code's still working. I still have not checked. <laughs> <laughs> Could we get hit for false advertising if they... I, you know what, I would imagine that once you put it in, why would you ever take it out? Yeah, True. Especially I mean, since they're just pouring out of the orders out of the BBBS show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, really? man, the podcast is making us tons of money. <laughs> Somebody ordered a thousand bottle wrenches <laughs> once all for their Christmas promotion. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if any are. Well, I know some of our constant listeners. I know we have sold bottle wrenches. Yeah, yeah we so. have sold them. So I imagine that they wouldn't take it out just yeah. on the odd chance. That right. And then on the also odd chance that they've just completely forgotten it's there. <laughs> Probably. I mean, you probably put those fucking things in and you never yeah. think of it again. Yeah. Uh, maybe you, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we are selling bottle wrenches. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not like you... When was the last time we had any contact with the bottle wrench people? I couldn't tell you. been a long-ass time, right? It's, it's been a while. Uh, yeah. We're happy to play in our own corners of the world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I'm happy to pr- promote such a fucking high-quality item. Yeah, it's great. I mean... Really? How many times do I got to hit this damn table with this thing? Like, I know it's 35 episodes, but it's also like, you know, we're entering our third year of podcasting. Shit, yeah, man. We're fucking professionals now. So that thing's been through a lot. I would call this professional grade. Oh, it's American-made. I'll tell you what. The, the fulcrum 
that this creates to open a bottle. It's like the easiest thing I've easiest instrument I've ever used to flip the lid off a bottle. Oh yeah, it's effortless. Perfect. Obviously, they could use the bottle wrench to open up their uh, Viking Genghis pecan beer. Yes, like we're about to do. Yes. Shall we get to it? I would love Without to get further to it. Without further ado. No more ado. That's called voila. That's something else already. Oh, yeah? You got a little foo Oh, a little foo right off the foo-hoo-fa. Yeah, I'm catching a little something-something as you pour it. Yeah, it's... It's, it's, it's got uh, a lot scenty. of... Yeah. Mm. It's got a lot to say for itself. Yeah, it talks out loud. Well, this is really dark, and the, the head is thin. Okay. And dark also. I don't know what that exactly that would tell you, other than there's probably a lot of dye and additives in it. This could be. I mean, it's just straight ale, right? Supposedly. Porter. A porter. Oh, American well, porter. That'll add a lot to your to your darkness. Huh. A little drinking music? A little drinking music, since we're late on the pour. So, oh man, this is... It's filling the air now. Yes. It is matriculating. Like it's so, matriculating around the room. Like so much ammonia. All right. Signature. An official signature sniff. Please. Yeah. It smells nutty. <laughs> <laughs> nutty, so, nutty like a scrotum? <laughs> nutty like nuts. Nutty like nuts. And okay. You could definitely tell it's been in those bourbon barrels. Okay. Outside now, of that, put it up to my nose, which I nearly don't need to do. Uh, I it, it's almost like I've tasted it, just sniffing it. Yeah, I, it doesn't leave much to the imagination or the taste buds. Do you pick up like uh, raid? <laughs> no, you know what I do pick up. What? Remember the. Uh, was that Dewclaw, the peanut butter cup? Yep, that was Dewclaw. It it has like that kind of smell. Okay. I didn't remember being that potent, but this is there's something like I don't know, rotting mulch or something. It, it's yeah. Oof. It's 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 that's got to be the the bourbon barrel that you smell. I, yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. You know, the sitting around in bourbon barrel. It, yep, it's not. Not pleasant, and it doesn't really smell like pecans. It no. smells like a generic I, I, nut smell. Yeah, like a peanut or and even Gilbert that or might be some of that earthy barrel kind of yeah. whiff. So it's definitely not sweet like a pecan pie. No, you, this is going to be not that you expect a lot of like maple, right? There's a lot of maple to a pecan pie. Yeah, right. There's or molasses. Molasses. Yeah. yeah, molasses. Not getting that. No, I'm not picking up the the sweet. I'm getting that. You know that saliva before you throw up. Yeah, it kind of causes that reaction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's funny here, you say that because when I smell this, I feel like I want to vomit. Here, here comes the lube. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh huh. That that's what I'm getting out of this. this Maybe that's what sniff. it smells. Like. Maybe it smells like bile. It, that very well could be. You ready to get into this? So we could. Uh, I'm gonna have to drink it, so they don't have to. Yeah. Let's just we just it's like jumping into a cold pool. Yeah, you know this is one I can't say I haven't wanted to taste one yeah. in a while. Yeah. So this is this is pretty good. Yeah, this r- smell is it smells off putting. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> just trying to get your nose past oh. the 
Just I, I almost smell it through my mouth. I opened up my mouth to take the gulp. It's like, oh. And we use, you know, we don't use proper glasses, but we try to give room for it to breathe in our glasses. Yeah, it's breathing. And it's breathing, all right. It's panting heavily. Yeah, it's leaning over me with its alcoholic breath. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, pal. <laughs> you want to suck my dick? Let's try again. All right. Yep. Bourbon barrel. It's it's not it's not as awful tasting as it is smelling, but it is bitter. You know, I don't appreciate beer stuck into bourbon barrels. I just don't appreciate it. I don't care. It doesn't add anything to it. it. Just makes it bitterer, bitterer, bitterer. The only thing I've ever had in drier of that ilk that I enjoyed was a beer aged in a rum barrel. Yeah, where the rum rum's pretty sweet. Yeah, I guess. And uh, I, I thought that translated well. But uh, this, I, I think we've had the, the bourbon barrel. I forgot what your your beer tasting had. Something aged in a, some barrel. Yeah. Smoked uh, oak and vodka barrel. I don't know. Kind of what it is. It's kind of like licking the inside of a barrel. Yes. Yep. Here there was bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, does that really add anything? That's no, like, it adds a woody taste. It yeah. Adds, it adds like a mulchy woody, woody taste. It's like, hey, Herb, go wash out the bourbon bottles. Oh, with what? I don't know. Just grab that shitty beer over there and just rinse it out. And then they just save that. No, man. This this really is a travesty. You know? And there's no pecan pie at all. No, you do not taste... Don't buy this thinking you're going to have some pecan pie. It's, yeah, it's not nutty and it's not sweet at all. It's bitter. It smells nutty. It smells it, but it don't taste it. It don't taste it. No, there's no taste. It's just bitter. Nope. I mean, maybe if you like really like American style porter, it's, it's not mild for a porter. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's American style, so it's not like a Guinness. Yeah, you know, it's still, not going to be like that. Still, it still just has. It has a fake taste. I fake can't smell. Rather, the smell is worse than taste. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just it, it comes off as is bitter. There's no yeah. like chocolatey, no sweetness to it. I don't yeah. know. Head, you know, gun to my head, I could probably drink this whole bottle. Yeah, and get it down. Yeah. I wouldn't like it, but you know, yeah, I would drink it. it yeah, just has nothing going for it. No. Nothing. No, there's no absolutely no good reason. You would buy this because you think you're having like a sweet porter. Yeah, you know, some molassesy. Yeah, thing. And nope. there, there's no good reason to pay nine dollars for no, a bottle not. of this. Nope. So, and just another reject, just another retread of stupid shit. Yeah, they could have just called this, you know, clown shoes porter. Don't talk about, you know, you can put a little tiny letters. Brewed with hints of pecan and aged in oak barrels, and just been subtle, and just sold it as a porter, and you might have been able to to go with that because trying to sell it as this craft beer soaked in fucking pecan pie is not accurate at all. No, nope, no, 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 nope. Skip on the clown shoes. Just skip right over it. I did. Keep your clown shoes moving. But when you're in the store, pick it up and check out the label. Oh, absolutely. If you wanted to, if you say you were a collector of beer labels. Yeah. Oh, you want this one. You would want that one. Yeah. You would you would gladly pay the yeah. 
the nine dollars just for the the right. label. I would buy that picture and put it on a book cover. Yeah, I mean that'd be great. The turkeys. Genghis pecan versus the turkeys. <laughs> I'd buy that book, but I won't buy this beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I'm. You know all I got to say about this. What's that? We're drinking it, so you don't have to. Ugh. Another fucking ripoff. I wish I had something more to say about this, but it's not even worth my words. I'm not so a fan. I'm not a fan of porters, but I think a fan of porters would be disappointed in this as a porter. Yes. Shall Shall we bullshit? Sure. What would you like to bullshit about? Well, I think you have an agenda. You've been uh, for the past couple of weeks. Pretty much all about one thing and one thing only. And that is spreading the gospel of... Baby metal. The baby metal. Can't help it. I love it. I... No. It's funny. I uh, I discovered the baby metal back over, like, the summer. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. And I probably posted on my little Facebook a few times. But, you know, you're not the Facebook guy. And so you, you came late to the party. And all of a sudden, I see Mr. Jeff posting on his Facebook about, oh, the fox god must rule all things. I'm like, what the fuck is it? Uh, you know, so you just ignore him because he gets crazy once in a while. And then, he, like, the next day he shares, give me chocolate, and it's a video. And duh, 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 duh. I'm like, oh, oh, the fox. Oh, shit, he just discovered baby metal. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little, well, I tell you what, when, yeah. I, when I first found it, yeah. I think it was at 12 million views, uh-huh. and now it's like over 20. So it's really... It's just blown... It's just really just blown the doors crazy off. Crazy to fuck up. I won't play it for you. If you don't know what Baby Metal is, just go to YouTube and search Baby Metal, and the first thing that'll pop up is Give Me Chocolate. Just play that, and you'll know what this yeah. is all about. It's three little teenage chicks, uh, Japanese teenage chicks, playing Japanese pop, J-pop with metal. The metal, like Viking death metal. <laughs> it's, it's fucking awesome, dude. And I don't even, you know, like, you might, the, the videos are mesmerizing just because you didn't know you could choreograph to, to that kind of music. Right. So that in itself is kind of mesmerizing. But, like, the music is actually really fucking good. Yes. Uh, you could just listen to it. You don't need to watch the video to listen to it. It's it's uh, watching everybody react over the last few months to baby metal as they discover it. You find two things. There are two camps. There is the fuck yeah, this is the greatest thing ever camp, which you fall into. And then there is the I, I can't believe this shit drivel. It's dumb. Right. Naysayers. Naysayers, if you will. Yeah, because they're uh, obviously not three little teenage girls who love metal. They're they're new kids on the block type stuff. Yes. Where it's a, a made up band and all that stuff that goes along with it. And they don't write their own music or their own lyrics. Right. You know, it's all made for them. Right. So even their bands originally were fake. Yeah. But now it, they've evolved a little bit from there. So they had to legitimize at least that part of it. But what I uh, what I enjoyed is like you know I saw the video and I I watched it twenty times over and everything when I first saw it. But what you did it was like as usual take it twenty steps too far and like oh, you yeah. know all the 
backstory. There's the whole mythology and the fox god and he who comes down and controls the. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit! Like, you oh have, yeah, you I was, scratched every corner of the internet to yeah, I, I find watched, everything. I found everything, and uh, it seems to me I'm now I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it seems to me that the story goes. You know, you'll they'll come out and play a song, and then it'll be like a little video clip. That right. They play in between songs. Okay. And that like explains they hated J pop bands and they went to to the Fox God and the Fox God who controls all the metal, you know, said go forth and destroy the J pop things and they were baby metal and just like the whole thing it's like Powerpuff Girls or something. On the vengeance against J pop. I could go into it and gets all gets all convoluted and complicated, but it's like a whole show. It's a whole thing. It reminds me a lot of like Guar. Yeah, it like Guar and it all. It does their, have the flavor of that. The backstories, the little characterizations, and everything. Exactly. So, but I, I, I'm impressed by. I mean, obviously, I I enjoy the music. I think it's great, and I'm impressed that a lot of, you know, heavy metal guys, you know, they ask them about it, and most of them are. Ted Nugent, Slash, fucking Kiss. They're all like, it's fucking, yeah, that's that's great shit, and that's like the new shit, and, and like, it's legit. And it legitimizes fucking Scott Ian from Anthrax is like, fuck yeah, baby metal yeah. and all that stuff. And so they got, you know, a lot of uh, legitimacy. And it's funny, too, because it's kind of like we've been, we've been waiting on the sidelines for some new, you know, some new metal, so to speak, you know, that isn't. Yeah, it's, metal. it's a whole new genre, like, yeah. basically. Yeah, they read... And it's legit. It's not uh, a gimmick. Well... I think I think what you're going to... You already are starting to see is you're going to start offshoots, other bands doing the same thing. Kiss has already done a, a, a song with a similar type act. Yeah, they say there's a Korean a Korean band that does a sim- very similar thing, too. Yeah. But. I, Korean I really, K-pop metal. Yeah, yeah, I haven't went after the whole genre. I've just been engrossed in watching these videos over and over and listening to the music over and over again. Yep. Check it out, man. Yeah. It, it, you know, if nothing else... Tell the world where you stand on baby metal. Yeah, and if nothing else, it's trippy as hell. It really is. Yeah, oh yeah. It's, yeah. it's some crazy shit. <laughs> and it's very visual, too. Like you said, watching the choreography of pop dance moves to really wicked death metal music it's yeah. crazy i don't know man it's just like could blow like the whole it could like what i'm what excites me right yeah. about it yeah is because of their their young age right you could blow open the doors like a whole new generation of metalheads. oh yeah oh definitely you know and you could really be a movement i mean i doubt it but it has possibilities it's exciting possibilities well japan itself is already like they're, already, they're still gaga over, like, 80s glam metal over there. Still. To are this they, day, are yeah. they still, like... Oh, you can be winger, and, and you know, you get crapped on here, but you go over to Japan, and you're still... It's like 1988 over there. You're still a, a They metal love guy. that shit, yeah. It's like going down to, like, you know, it was Brazil and Argentina. Yeah, they, and shit. they still eat that shit up hard. And Japan's the same way. So... Them coming out of Japan, it's it's no wonder that they're already huge there because they're already eating that shit up like crazy. You know, you notice that too. You see a lot of the comments are from Brazil and 
Yeah. You know, I think the, the big fight is to legitimize it here. Argentina, you know, places yeah. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but they got to, they're going to have to do a, oh, by the way, it's all in Japanese. So good oh, luck yeah. with, yeah, yeah. Good luck with, uh, but I think figuring that's, uh, it all out. I think it rises above that. Yeah. Well, the music certainly does. Yeah. But, uh, they need to do English language if they want to take over the world. Yeah, I think it's coming. Probably. It seems like they're setting up. I don't think there's anywhere. Yeah, I don't think you could get any bigger because they're freaking huge in Japan. Yeah. And they're huge in, you know, non-English speaking countries. Yeah. So there's only one. There's only one place left one to go. One place left to go. U.S. And they keep tickling through here. They've done a couple of shows, but yeah, I think they're. I think they're trying to, to break in here and get the right representation and distributing and all that, and they'll be here eventually. I think that's it's, I think they're for real. Well, I hope so. I think they're as real as the Vajankle. The Vajankle. <laughs> Do you know what the Vajankle is? I see the picture here. <laughs> Have you seen this Vajankle yet? And I really speechless. The mayor teased it. He brought it yes. up, and it was already in, uh, on her agenda. It's the vagina foot. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't either. Explain. It's, you know what? All right, let's just explain. It. I had to explain the Betty, be, the the baby metal. Yeah. And admit my obsession. Yes. And you're just going to have to take over the vajankle. I I can't even. <laughs> all right. It's a a foot, a prosthetic foot. Right. And let me just say. Yeah. <laughs> I I never thought I could see something in this genre that could really I leave me. Dumbstruck. Yeah. And it's been done. It's it is amazing. Alright. It's a prosthetic foot. It's a very realistic looking foot. Yeah. That appears it's it's dismembered from about five inches above the ankle. It becomes yeah, just I'd, I'd say it's just like looks like it was cut off with a so it's saw. A, a foot from about five inches above the ankle down. And it's a fair representation of a human foot. Yes, it's a really lifelike foot. Right. And there's a vagina attached to it. But it's attached in probably the weirdest place to even, as if this isn't weird enough, there's a vagina on a foot. It's in about the weirdest place for the vagina to be positioned on this foot. It's at the top of the stump. We're, we're about the your uh, shin bone would be. Yep. <laughs> in a cross section of your leg. Yes. There, my shin bone would be right about there. And there's a vagina. How so about it? This is a. <laughs> I mean, you just look at it and go, "What the fuck?" I don't get now, it. If you it, you would think looking at this, this is probably for foot fetishes, fetishists. Well, obviously, I don't know. But I don't know because the well, I don't know. There's a vagina on it, which, but but it's in a weird spot. Yeah, not even for a foot fetishist. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to fuck. But now I'm thinking about where would a foot fetish, fetish is, fuck a vagina on a foot. <laughs> anyway, but that just seems like the weirdest spot. Oh, maybe the sole. That it's would make more sense. At least like that's the, the bottom outside, of the foot. At least like, that's the outside part of the like body. When, well, like when the the foot fetish people they get jerked off with the feet, right? So right, it's by right, like yeah. the the bottom of the foot. Yeah. So you would think that probably would be the most sense to put a vagina on it. Yeah, that's where you think it right. would go, right? You don't go, I, I want to fuck the stump of your foot. Yeah, I want to rip your <laughs> fucking foot off and shin fuck you. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's for shin fucking enthusiasts. 
I don't know. This is a, a very legitimate sex toy. I don't know if this is what this is. I got to assume it's. I, I want to know not just a novelty. What does a dismembered foot with a vagina cost? What does that retail at? Bro Bible from the Bro Bible. I think this is uh, where I first learned of the vagina foot from the Bro Bible, which is not unlike DudeIWantThat.com. Vajankle. <laughs> Vajankle. $179. $179 for a fake foot with a vagina in the, in the shin. Yeah. Bone. Yeah. It's very lifelike. Yeah, both, I mean. Both the foot and the vagina part of the ankle. Look, I'm not. I'm not saying it's probably a quality product. I just really. I would want that as a centerpiece on my dining room table. Yeah, it is I more. Mean, it looks more like a piece of art. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's then, uh, it's really meant to be a. No, no, it's definitely sex toy. a sex toy. Mind-boggling. Even the t- the toenails seem to have a French pedicure going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean that, that's no, yeah. the foot looks very. I'm I'm just. Concerned about the placement <laughs> of the vagina. That, that's the yeah. place. It's not so much that like there's a vagina on it. Like right. I could, I could wrap my demented head around that part. Yeah, I can't get to the vagina. The placement of the vagina. Yeah, that's that's really the, like a, the part that just is wrong. It's amazing that the placement of something in a weird spot can be more disturbing. Simply by placing it in the weirdest spot on that thing. I think that should be Armand's next book. Zombie, zombie, zombie vajankles. <laughs> you know what's more deserving than a vajankle? Vajogurt. Vajogurt. <laughs> heard about this one. You've heard about the vajogurt. Yes, this one I've, I've heard of. Cooking with vag secretions is in the news. It, it seems that uh, the University of Wisconsin graduate student Cecilia Westbrook decided to take a break from her MD and PhD studies and make yogurt from her very own vagina secretions. It's possible because women's vagina contains the organism lactobacillus, so-called friendly bacteria, that helps keep your gut and private health privates healthy. Lactobacillus also happens to be one of the bugs used to culture yogurt. Ah, so Miss Westbrook took it upon herself to make vagina yogurt. Yeah. Would you rather eat a spoonful of vagina yogurt or a fuck of vajankle? I think I'm going for the vajankle. I'm going to agree with you, and I won't even give it a, a second more of than a doubt on that. I just I'm gonna fuck the vajankle. You you know you know what's funny, right? Here here's this. Here's a angle to look at this at. Yeah. Right? You go, vagina yogurt, right? And it's in the news, right? And yep. they're, they're, they're telling you all, like, scientific stuff, and she's going to be a doctor and blah, blah, blah. And never once they say that's dirty as fuck, right? Right. Now, if a dude did that with his fucking Fermunda cheese and cultured some milk into Swiss Fermunda cheese, he'd be a dirty-ass pervert and that's the fucking grossest thing ever and blah everybody'd be outraged so outraged have, i say we have to be uh appreciative of the beauty of a woman's delicate flower no we have to be be delicate of the one's flowers secretions like like hummingbirds go up to it and hover and flick <laughs> out their little tongue they go <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Give me some secretions. <laughs> we you lick that shit up. I don't eat that shit. I lick that shit. <laughs> you just created something new we can sell on Amazon. What's that? We're going to write the Shark Tank with this bitch. You ready? <laughs> ready. The vagina hummingbird feeder. Very awesome. You know? Yeah. We can make billions. You can have the little, like, pee hole. Be ready to stick their beak in. Uh-huh. And lick, <laughs> lick the dew out. Look, honey, come here. There's <laughs> a hummingbird eating from the vagina fountain. <laughs> look look at it as it flutters its wing, though. It's that would probably would sell. It's beautiful. There'll be pictures on Hallmark cards. It's a great idea. Of hummingbirds. It's a great fucking idea. Sipping you can the have, pee hole of a vagina. You can have, like, six different vaginas on the little stick. Yes. They could like you could have the Draven Star <laughs> hummingbird <laughs> vagina feeder. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the news. Balloon that. I can't even. I'm still like beside myself about the vagankle. About the vagankle. Like I said, I I can understand. Yeah. If it was like on the outside. Yeah. Like on the soul. Yeah. I go. That's fucking weird, but you know, know, good for you. You know, like if that's what if you're that's into, your thing. Yeah, yeah. You're fucking a dismembered foot. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. You're fucking it where it's been hacked off. Yeah, where it's been sawed off with yeah. a chainsaw. So it's not like a foot fetish thing. It's like a dismemberment yeah. thing. It's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> that's really weird. And that's why it's on this podcast. Yeah. What an episode it's been. We drank nasty overpriced beer. With turkeys and Vikings. We had the mayor on. Well, we taped for the mayor's show. We did, and that's you've probably, probably heard it by now. You probably already heard it. You probably heard us on the mayor show, and uh, we talked about vajankles, uh huh, and vajogurt, vajogurt, and and I forgot what the hell we did at the beginning because <laughs> that was so damn long ago. We've been at this for four fucking hours. We are the vajankle of podcasts. I feel vajankled. You do. You look vajankled. I feel vajankled. Let's get the vajankle out of here. Let's do it. All right, like constant listeners, we'll be back with a book review next week. No interviews next podcast. We'll be back next podcast. What a book review. Regulation 19. Regulation 19. Promises of a a, a good book review this time. Yeah. And we're also going to have some uh, fruity beer. We we kind of know what our beer is going to yeah, be. Yeah, we're going to have we're going to be enjoying some Samuel Smith organic handcrafted fruit ale in the apricot variety. <laughs> nice. So you got all those things to look forward to in the near future. Hey, man, we got the big 40th coming. It's coming up. We got to start planning. We got to start planning. So maybe maybe we'll start leaking some teasers next episode. What the top 10 list might be. Yeah. What it might not be. You want to take a guess? You got a couple couple episodes to get your guesses in, constant listeners. Email us, bookspearbullshit at gmail.com, but replace the I in shit with a one. Okay. So it's bookspearbullshit with a one instead of an I at gmail.com. Maybe Books that's why. Beer we don't. Bullshit. Uh, yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. They wouldn't let you do shit? No. Or you didn't even try? No, that, uh, my best recollection is they wouldn't, so that's when I changed it to uh, the one instead of an I. And Dude, speaking of getting hey, slammed everywhere. Here you go. You can listen to us on YouTube. Yeah, Our YouTube. latest episodes have been going up on YouTube. We're they slowly, are a bit... slowly cataloging them up. Yeah, but they're a bit censored. You know, some of the music we use we can't play for you on youtube but so it's you know you might get some dead spots they're few they're usually at the end yeah it's beginning at the end yeah so 
Just you know, deal. If, if you want another way to listen to this show. Thank you, constant listener. Thanks, constant listener. It's been a trip. Yeah, I am.